The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki Season 2. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. You are listening to Habs and Minded. Brought to you by HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Hello and welcome to this Super Bowl weekend podcast that we're recording. It's Patrick Bexel from Sweden, but most importantly, it's Jared Book in Montreal. And we're hosting this uh, an hour before the Columbus Blue Jackets game and a couple of hours before Super Bowl. Do you have picks for both games, Jared? Uh, I I don't want to pick the Canadians game because who knows what's going to happen. But I I do think the Chiefs are going to win the Super Bowl. But it wouldn't shock me if the 49ers won, but I, I think the Chiefs are just too good right now. Uh, so that's my pick. Also, they have uh, a local guy on the Chiefs, so uh, I have to go with that as well. But no, I, I think the Chiefs are just – the 49ers are a great team. It's going to be a great game, but I, I think the Chiefs are going to win. But by the time this is published, I'll probably be wrong. So whatever. It's all fun. That's what we're here for. It was an impressive <laughs> game last night, uh, first and foremost from Montreal Canadiens, uh, winning 4 0 uh, against the Florida Panthers. And, and uh, Jeff Petrie, standout player. Um, he started this February month of the uh, organization players strong. Uh, I'd say he's a front runner after one game. But looking back to January, this is what this pod is going to be like uh, about the organization's best players of the month. And, and, Really, we, the, there, there is no doubt in, in, in my mind that the most important player on the team right now, and he is a deserving winner uh, of, of January's uh, Montreal Canadian of the month, and that is Carey Price. He has to play well. He, 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 he has shown that he was in a funk, but now he's back to the Carey Price we all know. Yeah, you know, if Montreal is going to have any remote chance of making the playoffs, he'll probably have to be the player of the month for a couple of more months, or at least in the conversation. Because if he's not, then the, there's no chance at all. And, and really, you know, the, when the Canadians have been playing well, it's because Carey Price is playing well. And he doesn't have to necessarily steal games. He just has to be good enough that he's able to give them a chance to win every night. And for a lot of the games, he wasn't. He wasn't making that big save that they needed, you know, when they're uh, tied or or down by a goal or up by a goal, you know, there's this one break and you're like, oh, I really, you know, really wish that he had a save there and, and the puck goes in. And and recently, you know, when, when the team does well and when Carey Price does well, he makes those saves. He gives them uh, a second chance, you know, not it's not like every chance they give up is going in the back of their net. And, and let's be clear, the Canadians haven't necessarily played that well in front of him either. But you can tell as the team is getting healthy and as price is getting better that things are starting to fall into place a little bit. But yeah, I mean, 
Carey Price has to be better, and and than he had been, and and he's off to a a pretty good start in, in February as well. And and also, you, you mentioned it. The defense has to be better, and the bounces are going Carey Price's way this time. It's not like uh, I think it was early December where there was a bounce and it hit Jeff Petrie's leg, and then it went in, and and all those fluke goals that goes against you because you just don't have the confidence or 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 the hockey gods are not on your side at that moment. It seems to me that the bounces that went against Carey Price earlier uh, in the season, um, the, the, the bounces that were off his pad onto a defender and into the net rather than into the corner or into the Carey Price's glove or, or, or uh, getting lodged in, in the pads or something, right now he's getting those bounces before he didn't. And, and that gives confidence as well. And he, I don't know what he did to, to, the, to, to praise the hockey gods, but, but it's working so far and needs to work for another two and a half months for, for Canadians to be able to even come as close to the playoffs as they were last year and hopefully into the playoffs. There was a strong challenger, a, a name that has not featured on, on, on this list before over the two seasons that we've had it, Ilya Kowalczuk. What a start to the Canadians. Yeah, I mean, if nothing else from this season, if nothing happens, if they don't make a run, if they, you know, whatever happens, it has been a lot of fun, even as just, uh, you know, somebody watching the team and covering the team, to see Ilya Kovalchuk do his thing for the Montreal Canadiens. It's just, it's just fun. And I mentioned, I think we mentioned this, um, when they signed him on the podcast, and I'm like, it's just fun. Like hockey should be fun. And it is fun to just see him do his thing. And, you know, th- there was a chance that he wouldn't be able to keep up. He wouldn't be able to perform, uh, but he's, he's playing well. And, and he was, he was a bright light in the month of January when there, there weren't a lot of bright lights around the Montreal Canadians and those that were bright were getting hurt <laughs> and, and, and ending up out of the lineup. So, you know, it, it, he was the. It was the perfect time to bring him in, and his performance was perfect at the right time because it kind of got people changing the the topics around the team. Even when they were losing, it was like, "Hey, Ilya Kovalchuk is playing well," and and it's it brought back a little bit of the, "Oh, it doesn't really matter what happens, win or loss, as long as you know we're, we're having fun watching it." And you know, f- for a little bit, it 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 was he was he was great. Um, to start off, and you know, scoring goals, and you know, the way he scored his first goal in overtime against Ottawa, you know, things like that is is why why you watch hockey. You know, it's not yeah. all about you know wins and losses and playoff races. You know, only sixteen teams make the playoffs. Only one wins the Stanley Cup. So if you're watching just to yeah. win, it's not going to end well most of the time. <laughs> yeah, and you have to say that you can hear it uh, watching the TV. As I do, um, you, you hear the crowd in the Bell Center go like, "Oh, Kovalchuk is on the ice," and you yeah. and, and and you hear the excitement, and then when he gets the puck, you really hear it, and, and it's yeah. it, it is it is just fun, and and everyone you don't really know what's going to happen. He's a little bit slow sometimes, but the control he has of that plastic black rubber thing, you know, it's 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 amazing, and. Uh, 
I would love to see a, a skills competition among the the Canadians forwards because I think accuracy Kovalchuk will have to be up there with the best. Yeah, absolutely. And they they do have their skills competition coming up. I believe it's this month, uh, where they on a weekend afternoon they they get they sell tickets for charity, and they get uh, they do a skills competition. And, and yeah, I'm sure Ilya Kovalchuk will will be in accuracy shooting, uh, absolutely. And you know, you you mentioned the crowd, you know, gasping and and excitement. It reminds me a little bit when Shea Weber was first acquired by the Canadians, and every time the puck would go towards him on the power play and he'd wind up the slap shot. There was just like a gasp of anticipation. And, and it was, I remember going to one of the first games that season against Toronto. And every time he would be set up on the power play and he'd wind up and he'd shoot the whole crowd would be like, Whoa. And, and, and just like mm-hmm. gasping and, and waiting for the, that moment where, where the slap shot uh, leaves a stick. And it, it it's just fun. Like, stuff like that, you can do whatever you want to the in-arena experience. You can add hosts. You can add music. You can do all this. But if the game on the ice is not fun, no one's going to go to games. And no one's going to watch on TV. And no one's going to be interested. And and to have you know what what might be a, a Hockey Hall of Famer in the future in, in Ilya Kovalchuk come to Montreal with really, you know, no expectations and play the way he's playing, it reminds a lot of people why they started watching hockey in the first place. You know, no one watches hockey just because they want to cheer for the Montreal Canadiens. There's something that happens that makes you want to like the game of hockey. And and Kovalchuk, you know, whether it brings you back to, you know, when he started, you know, almost 20 years ago or, whether it brings you back to watching, you know, older Montreal Canadians who uh, are in the Hall of Fame and had that same kind of mystique, whatever it is, it, it's it's something tangible that you you enjoy watching, and and I think that that's a little bit a, a little bit you know forgotten nowadays. You know, everyone's talking about like oh, you know, prospects or tanking or or whatever. But you know what? Like it, it's just hockey, <laughs> you know. It, it's just hockey, and and to to see fit moments like this, it's it, it's in what what might be end up being a forgettable season. This is something to remember. Yeah, and and looking at other players in other parts of the organization, the AHL Player of the Month is Caden Primo. Um, it's his second um, achievement this year or, or this season. Uh, something incredible. He he lined up a very good see, um, January uh, compared maybe to the other goalies in the organization. I feel sorry for Kincaid, but but it's Caden Primo's uh, role to bring that Rocket team into the playoffs. Yeah, you know, the, a lot of it has been made about you know Caden Primo this season. He's had really good flashes of brilliance, but. There's inconsistencies. You know, you look at his his numbers. He has a save percentage under 900 right now, and and the way that people are talking about him as you know a guy who can be Carey Price's backup right now, he's not even playing uh, at a whole level that that well. <laughs> you know, he, he in January he was very good. 
He had very good games. He had a shutout. He had uh, a couple of games where he allowed one or two goals. You know, one of his four wins in the month, he, he was an 8-5 win. You know, so <laughs> that doesn't necessarily <laughs> reflect on the goalie. But no, I mean, the thing with Laval right now is that, you know, they, they were they didn't really have anybody who was playing, you know, regularly for, for the team. I, I mean, Jake Evans would have been a, a good choice as well uh, for for Laval. He really stepped it up in the month of January, really started getting going, and he's still uh, one of the top forwards in Laval. But, you know, Primo it, uh, did play well. He had a couple of big games. But, you know, we – he, is he better than Keith Kincaid? Yeah, he's better than Keith Kincaid. But you know his save percentage on the year is still eight ninety nine, and and they need to, if the Rocket want to make the playoffs, he's going to even have to be better than that, or at least more consistent. Um, because the, the players now they're, they're scoring goals. They they scored seven goals this weekend against the Belleville Senators, and, and got one point out of it. And you know if you if you score seven goals in two games, uh, you would hope to get more than one point, and and they weren't able to. But it'll be interesting to see how the Rocket manage the the goaltending situation because if if Primo is inconsistent and and Kincaid is inconsistent, you know you you can maybe f- try and get Charlie Lindgren back through waivers, or you can you know call up somebody like Michael McNiven as well. So it'll be interesting to watch because you know the the AHL is different because even if you have a a number one goaltender, and I, I don't think anybody will argue that Primo is ahead of Kincaid right now, with all the back-to-back games, it's it's difficult to get him. You, know, you don't want to put a goalie in back-to-back situations or in three games and four nights in the AHL or, or you know, three and three. You need to have two good goalies because if you don't, uh, you're, you're going to, you know, run your goalie into the ground. So uh, especially one who's playing his first professional season is probably playing more games than he's ever played before because the NCAA doesn't have uh, as many games either. So, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's he, he played well and, you know, he's gonna, he's a good prospect still, but people are thinking that he's ready to take over for Carey Price or even ready to take over for Charlie Lindgren. It's too early for that. But uh, the Rocket do need to get better goaltending. You know, Riley Barber told me, uh, told the media after Saturday's game, you know, when they lost 5-4 in overtime, it seems like we can't score enough right now. And I don't know if he meant it as a uh, as a you know comment against the goaltending, but you know when you score four goals, you should win more often than not. And and right now the Rocket aren't winning right now. You know he in Primo's first start in January he struggled again. So uh, I'm I, I'm not disagreeing with the choice, um, but I I think that with the Rocket in particular, January wasn't a great month. They they only they only won five games. Uh, Primo won four of them. And uh, they need to to kind of step on the accelerator right now. And I think that um, we have a couple of stories on the rocket uh, on on Saturday. Uh, so if you missed them, you can go back and and read them. But there's a lot of interesting things coming from Laval, and it goes beyond just Kale Fleury and Jesperi Kutkaniemi in Laval. That there's there's going to be some some interesting things to watch going forward, and uh, the first adversity that they're really facing uh, right now. And and uh, Kotkaniemi will be the AHL Player of the Month for for February. Uh, maybe. I, I mean, it, it. First of all, it depends how many how long he he stays there. I don't want to say yes, and then uh, he he gets called up after two games or something. But but at the same time, 
he's going to have every opportunity to play a lot of minutes. He's going to play on the top power play. He's going to play on the top line. He's going to get the best wingers. He's going to play on the penalty kill. So, you know, if the if the Rocket, if he stays the Rocket all month, um, he should be in the conversation. Uh, you know, but again, it's a 19-year-old kid. I'm not going to put that much pressure on him. There's already, there's already enough pressure on him. I'm not going to put eyes on the prize player of the month uh, pressure on him right now. Speaking about other players with, with, with a lot of uh, weight on their shoulders, the Tsar, Alexander Romanov, was not player of the month this, for, for, from Europe. He, you you he can't make him player of the month every month, Patrick. You can't make him <laughs> player of the month every month. He was instrumental to, to, to the Russian team uh, finishing second in the World Juniors. He got an elbow injury. He came back. He got an assist. He's been averaging almost 20 minutes in, in the Far Eastern road trip with Seska. He's looking really, really good. But someone else outperformed him. Are you surprised, first and foremost? Yeah, I, I think I am. Be- mainly because of the spotlight the World Juniors have, right? You know, the, the Canadians didn't have that many players from Europe in the World Juniors. You know, they, they would have had Jacob Olofsson. Obviously, he's injured and now out for the season. So, I mean, Romanov, you know, it's it's funny because Romanov last year was, you know, the, the best defender in the tournament. Expectations were so high for him this year that this year, even though he played, you know, maybe just as well, if not better, for a Russian team that did even better than they did a year ago, uh, he, he wasn't even mentioned as highly. So, I think... Uh, I, I'm surprised, but not surprised. But I think that 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 the other play, there's so many prospects in the Canadians organization that it's it's nice to to see others step up. You know, it's because if you, if you pin everything on guys like Paling and Kanyemi and Suzuki and 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 Romanov, that if they don't work out, it's like oh, what's next? And I think the strength of this organization is is the depth in terms of prospects because if it's not one of those guys, somebody's going to step up, right? Because, you know, let, let's say, I'm going to change the topic briefly, I'm sorry. But let, let's say you have Paling, Cut, Kenyemi, and Suzuki, right? They might not all work out, but if the odds are one of them will work out, one of them will become a top center. I, I think at least two of them will, um, but you only need two top six centers anyway. So it, it, it's one of those things, but, but with, with, with VSC Ullinen, Getting able to to step up and and in a situation that isn't very ideal, and I'm sure you'll talk about that a little bit more. But uh, for him to step up is is good for him and uh, for when he does eventually make make the jump to North America. Yeah, I mean, like he's been outstanding. Uh, looking at the numbers from from uh, Finland this uh, over the season, he's been part of 23 percent of the, of the goals scored, and directly part of. Uh, with with secondary uh, primary uh, assists and goals but he's been on the ice for more as well but also of the 11 uh, of the 22 times that that pelicans that is in a dire situation that they're in a worse situation than Montreal Canadiens are in right now uh, in in order to qualify for the playoffs but he was involved in 11 goals for so 50% of the goals were scored in, in thanks to Jesse Ullinen in one way or another. And I think everyone looks at his numbers and think, oh, yeah, he's on the same pace as last year. Last year, Pelicans was top three. They scored second most goal of the in Liga. This year, they're third from the bottom, and, and they scored third least goals uh, in Liga. 
so for yes Ilonen to keep it at the same level as he he is and and uh compared to last year and and actually step up when it's needed i, I i've spoken with him i've texted with him and and you can tell his confidence is is waning a little bit but but uh, he had an amazing goal where where everyone i think even the cameraman thought that he dropped the puck and the three defenders just they, they backed off a little bit and he he got an open uh, open shot and he he put it in and and it, it's great to see when he gets that and and he says himself that that gives me confidence because in in the situation that the team is in there there isn't a lot of confidence going around and and he uh, for me it's certain that he is in north america next year laval will be will be crazy good or or crazy interesting at least but but uh, i thought when i met him last uh, april it, it sounded to me like he wanted to go already then so so but obviously the cba doesn't account for that because he has a valid contract and he's taken in the second round or later uh, so then if he doesn't make the Habs, he will have to go back to Finland. Um, but he's making the best of a very, very uncomfortable and bad situation that, that Pelicans is in. They've changed um, coaches. Uh, they've lost a lot of quality players to, within Finland to, to, to KHL and, and to, to um, NHL as well. So there is this turnover that, that, you know, it doesn't really benefit him. We, we spoke a little bit uh, in the previous podcast and we mentioned it a few times in different articles that NHL is not a development league. The, the other top leagues in the world, AHL, uh, KHL, to a degree, maybe it's the least one, and the, the one that is least of development and that was, is what makes Romanov's uh, time on ice so much more valuable than many thinks but but shl is also sort of a development league and he's learning on the job right now because he will face adversity in nhl as well but and, and this will harden him but he will also be confident in the fact that he's he's integral to, to this team's success even if they're losing he's integral for, for the team to score I think what what we're seeing a lot with the Canadians organization this year and and even you know in this month is how important confidence is to young players, whether it's it's Ulanin or whether it's it's Jesperi Kanyemi, even Ryan Paling. If the puck is not going in, and these guys have played years with the puck always going in for them, or or at least more often than not. When it's not happening, how do you get that confidence back? And and you know when, when you're in a tough situation like like at Kenyemi in Montreal or, or Ullinen with, with Pelicans, you know Pelicans is not going to send Ullinen to the AHL or or, or to the to, to the uh, the whatever the equivalent is in, in league second second division the second yeah, division yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, you know uh, it, it's not the same thing as what Montreal can do with Cut Kenyemi. But but you you see that that's what they need to do. Like, you know, if you're playing, you know, eight nine minutes like like Kanyemi is, uh, and it's a little bit different for Romanov, who's not based on on scoring, right? You know, no one's judging him on on points necessarily. But when you're a forward who's expected to score, who's always scored, and you're not scoring, 
and you're not getting ice time, you can see how that confidence can can waver. And and whether it's Ullinen because of of the team that the team situation he's on, or or Kanyemi because of of the way you know he's he's being played and, and things like that, there's there's we're seeing that it's a big deal, and and you know, for, especially for young players to go through with it. And um, Joao Bouchard um, said on on Saturday after the game that. We kind of underrate or underestimate adversity, and he's like adversity is is seen as a bad thing, but it, it can also be a good thing, especially when you're Indeed. dealing with development, because it, it teaches you how to move forward. Because any player is going to deal with adversity, whether you're Sidney Crosby, Conor McDavid, or, or anybody anybody else, and, and dealing with that at a young age is probably beneficial to you for when things go wrong when you get older or when when you're expected to do more uh and you know nick suzuki right now is is playing very well he's top five in rookie scoring but there's going to be a time when he's not going to be scoring and that's fine you know there's a reason why the sophomore slump is a thing it's it's not for nothing indeed uh, and I think this is you, you see this all over you see it in school you see it at work you see it anywhere it's how you, it's also how you face adversity that that makes you the one you are are you going to go through it and, and actually follow through and, and make the best of the situation learn from it and progress or are you just going to sit there in the corner and being upset and and yeah. somehow you need to follow through and, and develop and it seems like Joel Bouchard really cherishes that moment and and he is uh, a teacher more than a coach sometimes when i read the, <laughs> the quotes that you guys get but but it, it's it really feels that way a little bit like roger runberg in in, in frelunda uh, who's also famous for that uh, teaching his players and the youngsters on the job one person that hasn't had problem scoring is red pitlick that is david <laughs> san louis and if you don't follow david san louis you better but but Red Pitlick scored 14 points in 10 games in January with the Muscagoon uh, Lumberjacks, and yeah, it's it's uh, he's a puck possession monster, and uh, he really seems to be, be developing at a at a great pace. Well, the thing is, uh, after the draft, uh, there's these advanced um, you know draft projections and and based on numbers and NHL equivalency and. And things like that. There were some of them, some models that, and this is based on on players who are drafted and and what they do and their numbers and lots of things. And, and there were a lot of those, some of those models that said that Rhett Pitlick was the Canadians' best pick of the 2019 draft, better than Cole Caulfield, better than than Jordan Struble, better than you know Norlander. Uh, M- 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 Matthias Norlander, exactly, and. You know, it made a lot of people kind of say, "What? What? What?" And the the thing about Rhett Pitlick is that he is a great skater. He's a smaller player, like like kind of like Cole Caulfield. And his skating and his numbers uh, in in high school and in the UC, uh, in the USHL had, were were good. And you know, then he kind of had trouble adjusting a little bit, and he had a slow start to his season. But he's he's starting to step it up and. He he's a guy who it hasn't even started his NCAA career yet. He's only going to start next year. So 
it's one of those things where we, we talk about development and, and, and things like that. And it's, it's a slow burn. You know, he's a, he was a fifth round pick, uh, by the Canadians and, you know, no one's expecting him to, to come into the lineup next year. But it, it, it's one of those things where, you know, it, prospect development is very rarely a straight line. There's always going to be ups and downs. And Pitlick is a guy that I really liked when I watched him. He is, you know, his dad played in the NHL. His two brothers have played in the NHL or NHL prospects. And he's, he's one of those guys that he, when he was drafted to Montreal, it's kind of a, a perfect, you know, he, he can look around and see Cole Caulfield and see Brendan Gallagher and see Max Domi and a lot of guys who have made careers despite not being the biggest. And, and that's the way the game's going. And, you know, you watch him skate and he's fun to watch skate at development camp. He was one of the guys that stuck out because just because of the skating ability. And, you know, they play a lot of four on four and three on three and do lots of drills. And you can tell when a guy is a great skater. And, uh, and Pitlick is, is, that's his strength. And it's nice to see him get points because he, you know, there's so many prospects that a lot of guys get forgotten, whether it's Pitlick or, or, uh, or Struble. And, you know, no, no one talks, talked about him really. And, you know, we talk so much about the guys who are maybe at the top of the prospect pool, the Norlanders, the, the guys who are really impressing, the guys who are in Laval and Montreal and Romanov, obviously, Caulfield, that we forget about the guys like Cam Hillis and, and McShane and, Pitlick and and you know Fairbrother before he got hurt and guys like that and it's it's fun because especially when we start looking at who's the player of the month and, and there's there's always so many options and it's nice to be able to recognize players who who kind of fly under the radar a little bit and Pitlick is one of those guys you know to start season he didn't have a great year but um, it, it's good to see him picking it up because it's going to give him confidence when he starts going to to the NCAA and the NCAA is not a Easy league to score in, especially for a freshman, unless you're Cole Caulfield. Unless you're Cole Caulfield, exactly, <laughs> because he's he's insane. And, and uh, yeah, whenever you're sad about this season, just go on on YouTube, go on Twitter, go somewhere, go on TikTok or whatnot. I don't know where where you find all this stuff because I'm too old. But seriously, find some videos. Of Cal- Cole Caulfield scoring this season because <laughs> some of those shots are just insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I mentioned before. I mentioned before about Kovalchuk and Weber and, and the ooing and eyeing every time he winds up. That was Cole Caulfield the development camp. Every time he winded up for for a, a snapshot or a wrist shot, everyone, even in a press box, was like, "All right, here we go, here we go, let's see this." And it, it's it's um, I can't wait for for people, you know. It's one of those things where you watch it on TV and it, it looks impressive. You watch it on the internet. But when you see it live, it's it's completely different. And, and he's, uh, he's a fun one to watch, man. Uh, that And that brings this Super Bowl Sunday. The Columbus <laughs> Jackets game is on in about 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> ho- hopefully we, we come away with another win. Uh, Carey Price is in net and the Lions has just come up. And it looks like Paling is on the wing on the fourth line right now. So uh, we'll see how this goes. <laughs> But um, he's not going to Laval yet. Then is what nah, you're it doesn't seem like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, thank you for for taking uh, the time and enlightening us all about the the prospects, Jared. And uh, please follow Jared. Please follow Eyes on the Prize Radio. Follow Eyes on the Prize on Twitter if you don't, or, or Instagram. That's it for for us. Thank you, Jared, and uh, talk to you soon again. <laughs>